Welcome to Disrupt Education, the podcast about change in education. I'm your host, Peter Hostrosser, and the founder of Disrupt Education. I want to thank you all for supporting and listening to the podcast. I appreciate it. Appreciate all the listens. Please throw a remark or a question out, or if you have somebody you think would be a great interview, let me know. You can find me at peterhostrosser.com or disrupteducation.co. Today on the podcast, we have the edu- educational pyromaniac, Mark Isix. He lights fires under educators who work and sets fires to systemic conventions that do not. He's a, a building administrator at a 7th through 12th grade public school on Long Island in New York and the author of a great book, Forward Fast, Making Sense of Education in an Era of Rapid Change. Right after this break, we start talking with Mark. Hang out. We'll talk to you soon. If you have a child who's passionate about getting into a really great college, you take him to an SAT coach. If you have a child who's really passionate about playing basketball, you take him to a basketball trainer. But if you have a kid whose passion is off-brand or is trying to find their passion and ignite it, you need to take him to Peter Hostrauser. When I was a junior in high school, I began making videos on YouTube. We're doing something in my small business management class that has never really been done before. It wasn't before long that I met Peter Hostrauser, the small business management teacher who helped put me on a course of entrepreneurship, one of which has been the most uplifting and passionate journeys of my life. Peter is a master at pinpointing passions and opening doors for the youth who need just one correct move to set them in the right direction. He will triple down on their strengths, help them build their network and portfolio, and most importantly, help them utilize these learning points so that they can make money with their passion to live their dream life. I, as well as many others, can honestly say that we wouldn't be where we are without his business and coaching expertise. If you're looking to help your student ignite their passion, contact Peter Hostrauser at phostrauser at gmail.com. The Disrupt Education vlog can be found on YouTube. To hear it in podcast form, search Disrupt Education on any of the following podcast platforms. Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Spotify, or Stitcher. Welcome to this episode of Disrupt Education. Uh, my guest today is the host of the State of Ed podcast and also the author of Forward Fast, Making Sense of Education in an Era of Rapid Change. Mark Isex is here, who's also the, Mark, uh, the assistant principal of uh, New Hyde Park Memorial High School in New York. Thank you for being with us, Mark. Thank you so much for having me, Peter. I'm really excited to be on with you. Awesome. So you have um, your brand is the educational pyromaniac. Uh, is that is that what am I saying that right? Yes. Yes. Uh, it is. Tell us a little bit about that brand and, and what what is your main message, and then we'll get into uh, the book and the podcast. Sure. The main message behind educational pyromaniac or edu, edu pyro is that I'd like to set fires or light fires under people who work and set fire to conventional systems that do not work. And there's there are a lot of both in education. And um, so I feel like the people who are doing the right thing need support and encouragement, and I want to be there to kind of fuel those fires. And there's a lot of stuff that doesn't work, and it has to go because it's impeding forward progress in, uh, in making the strides that we need to make in our educational system in this nation. So 
um, and even globally. So I, I'd like to be at the forefront of, of those kinds of changes. Excellent. So let's jump into the book. Um, Forward Fast, it is on my short list of reading. I will be honest, I have not read it yet, but once I found out about it, it I'm, I'm ordering this sucker. Uh, it's uh, making sense of educational uh, education in an era of rapid uh, change, which uh, myself, I'm 19 years in, um, totally see how this there are outdated pieces and then there's pieces that are starting to evolve. Can you talk a little bit about maybe an overview of what the book is um, and and how you got to writing it? What was that like? Sure, I'd be happy to. So, like you, I've been an educator for a while. This is my 25th year in education, and I've started as a teacher, and then I work my way up through the administrative ranks as a chairperson, a coordinator, and now a building administrator. And in that period of time, when I started, there were no computers in my classroom. And then I got one computer in the back of the room. That was the beginning. And then I, I was like, what am, what am I supposed to do with this? I have 37 kids in my classroom and one computer. Uh, and then, so they solved that problem by giving me four computers. <laughs> the, the math still didn't work. So, and it, of course they weren't, they weren't hooked up to the internet. So, uh, and not that there was much of an internet back in the, in the mid to late nineties to go on. But, uh, so in, in the course of my career and your career as well, we've seen this massive transformation in education and in, and how technology has just intruded. And I wanted to capture some of that in the book and not just retell the tale of what had happened or what has happened, but what is currently happening and where we could and should be going given the fact that we have this, this powerful technology. And, um, and, that's, and that's a difficult conversation because it's so complicated. There are lots of people who are wonderful who don't want to make change or right. don't want to embrace change. Um, it doesn't make them bad educators. Some of these people are some of the finest educators that we have. So we have to make sure that there's seat at the, uh, you know, a seat at the table for them. So we can't just all jump on the technology train and take off mm -hmm. uh, for two reasons. One, because we abandon those great people. And two, because we don't even know where we're going. So we're going to go full speed, um, but we don't necessarily know where uh, that that direction is so that's that's kind of where i started i start the book called a chapter called tech graveyards mm -hmm. which is basically how we we do this where we find this this technological solution this miracle and we all buy in we purchase you know fire up the purchase racks you're right load up the school with whatever that thing is and then 18 months later all those different things are sitting in a basement somewhere collecting dust because we're on to the next thing. So part of what I wanted to do with this book is try to chart a course for the future in creating a tech mindset more than necessarily just relying on or talking about promoting a particular piece of technology. What have you seen as a change in the actual student as well as technology? I know technology is actually changing. I know my, my kids, and we talked a little bit about before we recorded here about our, our children, um, totally different growing up than the way I did, um, and, and I'm guessing you. Um, what kind of changes have you seen in, in students, especially as we're both high, high school educators? Well, <laughs> I know that's a loaded question. So. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's seismic. It's, yeah. it's completely different. And I, I thank God every day that I didn't grow up with, <laughs> uh, with cell phones and, and social media because um, I don't know. I just I just didn't have that 
that mentality where I wanted to be in a fishbowl and wanted everything that I did, uh, you know, aired for the world. Mm -hmm. It's too much. It's too much pressure. It's too much. It's too many prying eyes. It's too many um, big mouths with opinions and nothing to back them. Mm -hmm. Um, It's too much. It's too much. Kids are chasing likes and followers. And that's just incredibly unhealthy for a developing mind. So that's that's problem number one. But mm-hmm. the real shift is how we all, not just kids, kids and adults have all changed how we learn. Um, the example I use in the book, you know, is uh, I, I wanted to change my uh, my engine oil filter, and mm-hmm. actually I was the dealer was was uh, kind enough to offer to change it for me for like you know two hundred dollars. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> so while I was in the waiting room at the dealership, while my car was getting an oil change. Uh, I just Googled how to change my engine oil filter, mm-hmm. and I went on Amazon, ordered the parts for like $12, and uh, it was at my house you know, 24 hours later, yeah. and I went on Google, I found a two-minute video, walked me through how to change the filter, change both filters, and it cost me maybe $30 instead of 200 and change. So that was just a sh- very short example of how we all have changed how we learn. We don't look at the manual anymore, to see how to fix the dishwasher or, or to repair anything, we go right onto Google and we watch a video. Even if the first hit is a PDF, we skip the first hit and we, <laughs> we look for where the video is. Yeah, and and sometimes we don't even wait; just click on the video, <laughs> you know, have it bring, brought up as videos, mm-hmm. and you just abandon text altogether. So we can't ignore the fact that this ha- this seismic shift has occurred in how people learn and the hard. The hard news to to deliver to educators today, um, but I'm trying softly (laughs) to deliver it, is that kids do not need us for our content knowledge anymore. Right. They just don't. I I know that you spent a lot of time gaining that, you know, (laughs) gaining that knowledge and and becoming proficient in your in your field, especially on the high school level. And uh, but they don't need you for that. But they they need you more than ever. Just not for just pure content delivery. Mm-hmm. So people who who have designed their educational philosophy around just delivering content. I am a science teacher. I am a social studies teacher. Um, they they're the ones that are going to get hit the hardest and the earliest. Right. Kids don't need them for that, which is why a lot of them tune out in class because as soon as they notice or pick up on the fact that this is just content delivery, they know that they can get that content anywhere they want. Anytime they want, they don't need to be paying attention in class. And that is, is disruptive in a number of ways. So those are some of the, the you know, surface changes mm-hmm. that I've seen. What do you think teachers should be learning now coming out? Uh, because you and I, when, when I went through anyway, especially my undergrad, was classroom management and make sure they're listening to you, right? Um, that's obviously changed, and I agree with everything you just said about the, where the content comes from. I'm not the holder of knowledge anymore. Um, what What do you think are the roles of of teachers? Uh, and you and I can talk more about the secondary level or anywhere. Um, but yeah, what does that role look like now? What What should we be teaching teachers uh, to get ready for to prepare for in in a in a post or a secondary or even a primary level? You know, I think. That, that there are four cornerstones of of 21st century education, uh, and I break them into two categories: inputs and outputs. So the input side is motivation and engagement. I think we need to teach teachers. It, it's always been important, but it's more important now than ever to motivate your students and keep them engaged. And that means 
you have to go beyond just the content. If you look at your scope and sequence and you see, well, today I have to teach the, whatever it is, the American Revolution. Okay, well, whereas in the past you used to say, well, what are the facts that I need to get across? Who are the, who are the important individuals that I need to get across and just have them know those things? You have to go deeper and you have to find a way to motivate that and to make it engaging and, and see, have students understand the parallels. So in order to do that, you really need to identify, like, where's the, where's the conflict? Where's the drama? Where's the human interest? Where, what are the appeals that are going to bring your kids and keep your kids in? So that's on the input side. And then on the output side of the four cornerstones, you need to figure out a way to have students create and innovate. So how do you demonstrate your understanding of what you've just learned? And then how do you, and by doing that, and this is where technology is so powerful, it gives you tools, it gives students tools to express and demonstrate their understanding in ways that they can never do it prior to mm -hmm. having the technology in their hands. Um, and I, I watched an interview with the, the creator of The Simpsons, and he basically said when they're in the writer's room, how they, how they delineate what stories will go up, make it onto the air and what stories will get cut is, well, our, our environment here is, is animation. So if a story could take place in a non-animated world, then why bother doing it on this show? Mm. If it can only take place on this show, then that's what we want. Uh -huh. that's, those are the stories we want to tell. So same thing with technology. If, if it's something that can be done without technology, well, then don't use technology for it, right. like, like notes. Mm -hmm. you, don't need, you don't need a $500 device to <laughs> transfer notes from your iPad to a student's iPad or from your Chromebook to, another, to a student's Chromebook. Um, but use if, if there's something about the technology that will allow students to go to another level, well, that's where you need the technology. And those, mm -hmm. so, so in terms of training teachers, we need to train them to see those different things and to look at lessons and lesson planning through those kinds of lenses and not just, you know, where's my, where's my curriculum guide? What do I teach on Monday? What do I teach on Tuesday? When do I test? Um, what do I do with the test data? Mm -hmm. That's th those days are, are over. <laughs> that's a, that's a big challenge. I think to change mindset of parents, I'm sure you've run into that. Um, what other things outside of a diploma and a GPA and possibly a couple of test scores sh do you think a high school student should graduate high school with? What kind of skill sets do you think they, they need right now in this ever-changing world? It's interesting that you bring that up. So in the book, um, I outline a curriculum that I've designed and, um, and I continue to work on because it's like everything else, as Thomas Friedman says, you always have to be in beta today. <laughs> uh, you, you never, you're never done. And uh, it's called the Internet Ethics Curriculum. And the idea is, I, I feel like this is the most important thing that we're not teaching in schools right now. And it's, it's a huge miss on our part, and we need to change it immediately. We, we are including courses and adding courses in engineering and in coding and in computer science. And that's all wonderful, but most of our kids will not necessarily be in professions that involve coding and engineering and computer science. Um, there are still a whole host of other jobs that they'll, they'll, they'll have, uh, assuming they can find a job in the 21st century economy when they, when they graduate. Um, but the thing that will impact every single one of them is that they will live in a world with phones. They will live in a world with an internet. They, they will live in a world with social media. And we are not requiring students to take these kinds of courses where they can learn about how to navigate the world of social media, how to understand 
the validity of the sources that you get in a mm -hmm. Google search when a million hits come up um, <laughs> and you never go past page three, you know, <laughs> usually you don't get past the first page, but I'm sure. <laughs> That's how we get good work. SEOs. That's yeah, <laughs> exactly. Google knows all, the, all those statistics. Yeah. Um, so we, are, we need to be preparing students to live in a world with technology and not just to have jobs in a technological economy mm -hmm. and uh, and there's a difference and so I think I think on all levels from pre-k up through university they have to be trained to to think this way and that goes back to sort of the shifting of mindsets that, that we were talking about earlier mm -hmm. on what is your thoughts on post-secondary ed uh, the college uh, you know push I know you know I'm I went to college you went to college you have a daughter in college um, what, what do you, how do you think that's going to change in the next maybe decade since we're right here in 2020? You know, it's funny that it's funny that you asked that question because if you look politically speaking, not that I want to go into politics, but there, this is a big this is a big uh, point for mm -hmm. a number of politicians where they want to provide free college education. This is actually something I've debated with my co-host Nick Simone mm -hmm. on the podcast uh, in, in episodes past. Um, whether or not it's a good thing to to give give away college, so to speak, or to have to pay through the nose for college, um, you know, I, I go back and forth on this. Um, also, with the understanding that college necessarily is not necessarily for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to have college turned into what you know what high school was for for students that, you know, generations ago, which is you know sort of a requirement, and then from there you can have your you know whatever you want to call it your middle class blue collar life. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to, I don't want to define it that way. So I don't know, you're, you're asking a really difficult question. I do go <laughs> back and forth on this uh, a lot, but I, I know that the debt that students are incurring is crippling mm -hmm. and that's problematic. So, so whether or not they're, they're acquiring the skills that they need to be marketable or valuable in the, in the economy, um, regardless of whether they are, or whether they aren't. And I, and I, and I, don't necessarily think that universities are setting the world on fire in terms of inspiring kids. Mm -hmm. but that's that's a, not necessarily the answer to your question. <laughs> um, it's the the debt that students incur and how it sets them back for a decade or two decades, and um, and that's that's a really difficult pill to swallow. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I say that uh, knowing that I have to pay my daughter's tuition bill as soon <laughs> as I you know get off with you. But uh, it's the numbers are staggering. It's, it's interesting, um, I've done a little bit of research on some, uh, I would call them apprenticeships and, and a lot of different evolving, a lot of them come through technology, uh, like Holberton School, Lambda School. They, these are more on the coding side, but now they're starting to get into business analytics and they're starting to pull from, from different places. And I, I just was wondering if, if you have seen any of those pop up in your area uh, on the East Coast, New York, I know that uh, we work has tapped into a little bit of uh, of that. Um, what, what kind of other things have you seen, or are your students kind of changing to? Um, because it was always college for us. It was like, okay, you're you're either going to go into a trade, you're going to go into college or military. But I feel like there's this other area out there. Have you seen any of that, or, or? Um, a little bit? You know, we're starting to see more and more of it. But if you if you really stop to think, um, in a disrupted world in which we live where the rules have completely been set on their ear the the most successful people the most innovative people the people who are changing the planet are not the ones who are getting their traditional going through the traditional arc of education mm -hmm. you, you look no further than 
the founders of you know Facebook, Google, um, you know, pick a, to pick throw, throw a dart at, at Silicon Valley, and you're going to mm-hmm. find people who are college dropouts. Um, but they're brilliant. Mm-hmm. So what what I think the answer is is you have if you have an education system that is not tapping into the talents and the brilliance and the potential of its students, students are now they now more than ever have the ability to leave that system and create something that can compete with the largest corporations in the world mm-hmm. all through the power of technology, um, and they can leverage those tools to be as strong and as powerful. As as the largest you know big box companies so um, or blue chip companies rather so uh, I think because of technology students now have other alternatives and if we're if we're not going to or if universities are not going to help inspire and and support that kind of innovation and individuality um, and just expect people to be carbon copies of one another um, and graduation sort of a really great visual representation or, or uh, metaphor of that where everybody literally looks exactly alike, <laughs> right. um, you know, to, because they've come out of and been churned out of a, a system that's sort of designed along the lines of the industrial model. Um, and, you know, Ken Robinson does a whole great uh, TED talk on that. Yeah. Um, so I think that if, if we're on the secondary level or if on the you know, post-secondary level, schools aren't going to meet those students' needs um, and tap into and allow them to, to make meaning and be individuals um, and demonstrate their, their talents, they're going to check out. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's hard to blame them. Uh, I think it was Jamie Kassip said, uh, you know, today if you're a young person and you want a job, then you just make it. Make yeah. your job. Right. Create your job. Um, that is a far cry from what we, you and I were told when we were 17 years old, where we had a we had to fit into a particular system that was already in existence. Um, now you can create your own corner of the world, and that's that's a power that we've yet to see the full potential of. After the break, I have two big questions for Mark. One question is about what teens need to do or know when they leave high school and how do we get more teachers into teaching when there's a huge shortage you don't want to miss the second half of the podcast stay with us we'll be back right after this If you have, well, you do have uh, a 16 year old, I believe, um, and I have a 14 year old. Um, what advice would you tell a high school student coming into high school right now? Like what, what would be one or two things that you would kind of hint on and say, hey, this is something that you should probably focus on? Developing your own voice. I think the more I, the more I see the world and the more the world becomes uh, the more I become aware of the world, I should say, mm-hmm. um, the more I see that the, the truly successful people on, on all levels have all found their voice and they express themselves through that voice. Mm-hmm. And that is, um, that is what I would, I would tell mm-hmm. students, young people, um, instead of, you know, necessarily focusing on reading and reading some other work and analyzing that, that voice, that's important. 
but do that with the with the understanding that you're doing that so you can find your own voice and not just simply for the for the pure exercise of being able to write an essay on a regents exam or a state test um, but for the purpose of understanding what voice sounds like and then go ahead and try to find your own i think that's the that's the important extra piece or, or twist that we have to add we have a major teacher shortage coming and how do we how do we change that how do we how do we recruit more educators who are you know just vibrant motivators people of this new era what, what are your thoughts on that well we need to do better pr for education because we we get we get abused as a collective group um if you remember back to you know before 2008 when the economy tanked um educators were mocked because of our paltry salaries <laughs> and right. uh, you know we were kind of wasting our our talent and all that all that education um master's degrees and whatnot then the economy turned around and then we were villainized for being like the fat cat pensioners mm -hmm. you know robbing the robbing the economy of its wealth um it, it's just so we have, we have we need better pr for, for education frankly every time you turn on tv there's another teachers union on strike somewhere fighting for wages fighting for benefits and um it just we're not we're not selling ourselves well, um, mm -hmm. and we're not selling the brand well. So I, I think we need to to find a better way to to do that, to entice young people to want to get into this business. I'm a third generation educator. Um, I never I never even knew that I had a choice to do something else. To be honest <laughs> with you, um, and, you know my grandparents, my parents, and now myself, my my wife, my sister is in education. So. Um, that's just how, how my family was, but mm -hmm. I feel like we need to not stigmatize, not villainize teachers. Um, instead, we need to be supportive of teachers, and we need better PR. Um, mm -hmm. And, and you know, frankly, I think, not that I want to <laughs> open up this Pandora's box, but one of the things that I write about in, in the book is that tenure is, is while it has its benefits, mm -hmm. is one of the greatest problems that's facing education. And when we are doing it to ourselves, um, because we have a handful of people who are just embedded in the system and cannot come out because they have diplomatic immunity, mm -hmm. um, it, it takes down the work that everybody does and, and it lowers it. And, um, and that's unfair to the people who are doing great work. And that's unfair to the great leaders out there. And that's un unfair to the great educators out there who work in classrooms. Um, so uh, that, you know, that's part of the that's part of the PR problem is that when people want to criticize teachers, they can point to that one person who's in, in pretty much every faculty who is just entrenched and isn't going anywhere, and uh, but they're also not doing anything. Right. Uh, if anything, they're they're creating negative growth in the school, <laughs> having a negative effect in the school, um, and everybody knows it, okay. and 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 that that becomes a major PR nightmare also. So it, it's that's. We, we have to be fair too. That part of the problem is the, the very small hand, hand few, or excuse me, handful of teachers um, and and leaders who are stuck in the system and uh, doing a lot of damage and still have years to go before they're out. That sounds like a great discussion on the State of Ed podcast, <laughs> um, which is your podcast, and that's found across uh, pretty much every uh, all podcasting uh, areas. The book is Forward Fast.
making sense of education in an era of rapid change, which man, we are in it. Um, where can people find the book? Is it uh, on Amazon and everywhere? Everywhere, yeah, everywhere. Amazon and uh, any uh, any online Goodreads, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, you name it. And how about you online? Where where can people find uh, you online, Mark? Sure. So um, on Twitter, I'm at Mark Isix, M-A-R-C-I-S-S-E-K-S. And then you can also find me online, markisix.com and also stateofedpodcast.com. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Some great insights. Uh, I'm actually going to have my son listen to your advice because I give him that advice. But it, it's like the coaching model. You tell the coach to tell them, you know, hey, can you tell my kid this? But uh, excellent advice. Uh, the book is out there again, Forward Fast, uh, Making Sense of Education in an Era of Rapid Change. Thank you so much, Mark, for being on the podcast with us today. Thanks so much for having me, Peter. I appreciate it. All right, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, we'll talk to you on Disrupt Education.